the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program has been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Yep, welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal, as he is every Saturday, even on the holiday weekends. Yes, sir, and happy Labor Day to you, Chris. Hey, what are you time. doing this weekend? You going to grill something? I am going to do something. I'm not sure what it's going to be. All right. Well, that's something. I I can just see the smoke coming out of that grill of yours. That's grill is sure. a little grilling is a little scary when I do it. So just I know it's okay. It's okay. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, and again, it is Open Mic Saturday. Give us a ring with any of your financial planning, tax questions, mortgage questions, stock market questions. Estate planning, whatever's on your mind today, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Yes, Chris, you are right. We were talking before we got on the air this morning about market volatility, and we've seen quite a bit of that over the last several trading sessions. There's no doubt about it. And You know, it it, it is the story. It is the same thing. It It is jobs. It is wages. It is inflation. It is the Fed. It is corporate earnings. It's a whole bunch of all of that, right? It is tax policy. It is all kinds of things like that. And where are we in this cycle? You know, we are pushing through, getting the economy back on track, and it's going to take a little bit while. You know, it's going to take more months before we get consistent data in the right direction. So just stay tuned. A little bit more volatility like we've had this past week, but at the same time, here's the message that that we want to talk about. I'm doing a webinar coming up. Uh, on Wednesday, September 14th. It's going to be from noon to 1 and then from 6 to 7 p.m. It's the same material. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on Education and Events, and register right there. There's no charge for this webinar, but here's the point. Here's the point. If you take a look at history, history has shown from 2002 through 2021, the S&P 500 has done approximately 9.5% return 
And the average investor out there has done a little over 3% return. Why is that? Why is that? And when you stop and you take a look at all those years, those 20 years of market activity, what we've seen is we've seen pullbacks. You know, every year we have a little bit of a pullback. Every couple of years we'll have a three or four times a pullback. Maybe sometimes it's 8%, maybe sometimes 12 and then the market will rebound and come back. But what we have seen is people come in and out of the market over periods of time. And when the markets drop and the markets then start to heal, for whatever economic reason it is that the markets drop, they will start to heal eventually, right? We just don't know how long that is. And when they start to heal, some of the greatest performance numbers in that healing process of the market and or the economy happen off the bottom, coming back up off the bottom quickly. And that's where some people make mistakes because they get out and they say, you know what, I'll go back in when it feels better versus having a diversified portfolio that's risk appropriate to your your goals and objectives. That's why people stay invested over this period of time. So we're going to be showing all kinds of information on that, how people make Well, they make mistakes in their portfolio design during volatile times like this. So if you're interested in checking that out, we're also going to tap into some of the basics in estate planning. Again, this webinar is going to be be Wednesday, September 14th from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, and then again from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com or RosenthalWealthManagement.com. Click on Events and Education tab and just go ahead and register right there. It's free. It's an hour of education. Like I said, we we take the summers off of these, and then we start rolling them out again uh, September through the fall. And and, uh, we want to become – we want to maintain our presence as a financial hub for your your education purposes. We're going to have people on these webinars from all over the country. We will – it will be live Q&A, so you can ask any type of market questions, just like you can here this morning if you want to give us a ring at 855-ROSE. One two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. We're going to be back in a moment with more of your making money sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at eight five five Rose one two three. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org.
You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. So let's go ahead and welcome uh, Daryl on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Daryl. How are you today? Very good. And you, sir? I'm well. How can I help you? So in our industry, I'm a small home builder in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, been in the industry all my life. I'm 60. We've seen and weathered several recessions, too, that I know of. And we're starting to see on our end the people that we work with, whether that be the real estate agents or the material suppliers, the subcontractors, we're starting to see materials spike again. Now, they spiked several months ago, but right now they, they seem to be going through a secondary spike, which is higher. What's causing that other than I don't think it's a supply chain issue as much as it seems like the manufacturers are taking advantage. Well, I'm not sure if manufacturers are taking advantage, okay? And it, it's definitely some supply chain issues. And depending on which, which building material or commodity you're using, those things are priced a couple of months out, okay? They, they won't they, even quote us core materials. No, because it's it, the demand is so high. We've got when you take a look at the at the building industry right now for homes, we've got the the uh, generation behind the baby boomers. What are they? The millennials that they yeah. they they are a little bit larger in size demographically than the baby boomers, and they're now twenty seven to thirty four, thirty five years of age. They are moving into that first stage of home buying desire in their in their in their life in their families. And we're five and a half million units of homes under under inventory. That's supply and demand issues right there. Okay, that's what we're seeing. And so, so I mean, I, I could to a, see that on new construction, but in our area, we're starting to see existing homes days on market is increasing double. A lot of people are are not. Uh, we're also seeing. When you break down the, the, the home buying section into, you know, uh, homes worth worth a million, homes 500 to a million, uh, below 500, different sec- sections like that, if you will, we're starting to right. see less sales come up up at the upper end. We're starting to see less sales happen uh, as far as, it, in other words, there's less inventory still. People are saying, right. you know what, I'm not going to sell because they sit down. I was talking to a client the other day just about this exact question, Daryl, and, and they said, you know, we can get a great, a great uh, price for our home right now. And I said, yes. I said, but what's on the other side of the next page? Right. And they said, they said right. I know. They go, we, we look around and we go, well, I wouldn't pay that for that house. You know, I've been in the area all these years. I'm happy to get the money for my house, but I'm not going to pay it on, on, on another house right now. And so we're starting yeah, we're to see that, that. Exactly. We're starting to see that slowdown. That's all part of demand destruction. And, 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 you know, academically, this is a great lesson for people. What you and I are talking about right now goes to the core of inflation. What's the best resolution for inflation? And it's actually higher prices. Think about that for a second. Let that digest. Sure. The best solution sure. for inflation is higher prices because sooner or later you go, I'm not going to buy it. 
Okay. Right. And that, that makes demand drop. And that's what we're starting to see. So a combination of that happening along with the Federal Reserve, let's roll the calendar forward five or six months, see where we are with this. Okay. But but you know, uh, I have clients that are that are home builders as well, and they are a great economic indicator for me when I talk to them. So I appreciate you you sharing the the information, Daryl. Uh, let's go ahead and welcome Dee on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Dee. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How can I help you? Um, just uh, wanted some suggestions. Uh, my husband and I just, just uh, sold our home here in Virginia and uh, wanted to know what you suggest for what to do with the proceeds. Should we put it all towards a new home? Should we take part of it? Not sure what to do. Well, Dee, I would push that question back to you. What do you want to do? What's your objective? You know, you sold a home. Do you want to buy a new home, pay for it for cash if you have that opportunity? Do you want to have a small, manageable mortgage? Uh, what is it that you all want to do? Do you need to turn some of this income or all of it, uh, of all the proceeds? Do you need to turn some of the proceeds into an income stream? Do you need to turn all of it into an income stream? What What is it you'd two like to do? Basically, that's the question. And, well, and me, ba- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, we're approaching retirement. So, you know, have a small manageable mortgage and then, you know, do something with the rest of the proceeds, I, you know. Sure. So, so when we're in retirement, the, the, you know, hitting the, the cover off the ball, if you will, scoring the goal is this basically is, is making sure that your, your income is exceeding your expenses and you still have assets growing on top of that. So really what we need to do is just sort of back up real quick and draw a line in the sand and take a look at all of your resources and what your estimated expenses are going to be. Then I can tell you how much to put down on the house and how much not to, and then make sure your investments are in line to produce income in in sort of a tax-efficient way for you and your husband during your your retirement years coming from reliable sources. So, So what I'd like to do, Dee, is send you out our financial planning toolkit and start you down the road of looking at a cash flow analysis retirement plan, that'll give you the answer to the question. Is that fair enough? Fair enough. Thank you. Yep. Let me go ahead and put you on hold and Bob will get your contact information. We'll have somebody give you a ring next week and set up a time that they can give you a phone call and, and, and uh, help you with uh, much more detail. So I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to making money sense. Give us a ring at eight, five, five rows, one, two, three, that's eight, five, five, seven, six, seven, three, one, two, three. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, give us a ring. Don't forget to check out my website, LarryRosenthal.com and sign up for our weekly market commentary. There's no charge for that, but you'll get some great information on the current state of the markets. You know, stop and think for a second, what tax bracket are you in? Why is it important, you know, moving into the second half of the year to f- try and guess what tax bracket you're in? And, and one of the reasons why is because when the markets are down like this, it is a fantastic opportunity for everyone who has IRAs to actually start to consider to convert a piece of those IRAs over to Roth. The reason why is this is because, you know, think about this. Let's suppose you owned uh, 100 shares of a stock, and the stock was trading at $35 a share in January of this year. Now maybe that stock's trading at $25 a share. So if you were to convert those 100 shares from your traditional IRA over to Roth, now you've paid taxes on that conversion on less money, but you still own those shares, so one day when that stock comes back, it's coming back all on the tax-free side of the tax equation for you during retirement years or when you pass those assets on to your heirs. 
So that's why I put that article up this week was understanding what tax bracket you're in because when you look at converting IRA money, uh, traditional IRA money over to Roth, you want to make sure that you stay within the same tax bracket or at least understand how much money you can convert before it bumps you up into a higher tax bracket. So check it out, sharpen the pencil, measure twice and cut once when you're looking at doing these these Roth conversions. But again, when the markets are down like this, it's a great opportunity to look to convert some shares over to the tax-free side so you get that growth on the tax-free side of things. We also have another article up there, too, on stock splits. You know, there's been a lot of big tech-type companies uh, over the last couple of months or so that have split shares. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla's and, one and, of them, right? Yes, Tesla is one of them. That's for sure. And some most the most common type is a a two to one stock split. Sometimes it's a four to one or whatever it is. So if you take a two to one stock split, and I mentioned a little bit about this last week, but it still seems to be popular. Lots of questions coming up. The day a stock split happens, there's no economic benefit to the person that owns the stock beforehand. All that's happening is that the stock, if it's a two to one split, the stock the number of shares you own doubles and the price gets divided in half. So you end up with the same exact dollar amount. The, the, the benefit of it, though, is that now the stock price has dropped a lot, and it gives other people the opportunity to sort of say, you know what, now I can afford more shares of that. It's like, so, like Tesla so, so, had been so expensive for a lot of folks, it's kind of hard to price them out, but now a little bit, little bit cheaper, right? That's exactly right. Same with some of the other companies that have split over the years. That that's exactly the, the, the purpose of it all, Chris, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is is to be able to do the, those types of things and get a new you know a new wave of investors in at a lower price. It dilutes ownership for people that have owned it prior, but you know what? That's okay. They'll, I don't feel sorry for them. They'll be okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, as far as that goes. But uh, check it out. Go to the website LarryRosenthal.com. While you're there, follow us on Facebook and and LinkedIn, as well as Twitter, and uh, you know. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. So well, before we jump see, to the before we jump to the break, there, Larry, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about these webinars coming up too, right? Yes, yes. So so we're excited. We've got a a, a sort of a double webinar scenario here coming up. A double you know, whammy. A double whammy. That's right. It used to be that we would just come out with an educational uh, uh, seminar or webinar, you know, on you know how best to do this or understanding this, that, and the other or whatever it is. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, I, I really want to maintain because throughout the course of this year, since the markets have come under pressure, I've been doing every f- handful of weeks, I've been doing economic and market update webinars. And and the last several weeks, we've sort of uh, uh, put that on hold a little bit, you know, just because everybody's summertime and things like that. And I want to crank that back up again. So this coming uh, in a couple of weeks here, September 14th, we're going to be doing a double whammy, as you call it, Chris. We're going to do an, an economic update and market condition seminar or, or webinar, as well as the basics in estate planning. So for the first 15, 20 minutes or so, we're going to break down where we are in the economy and the markets. And then the last 45 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about the basics in estate planning, some of the very basic ways to set up accounts, assets, um, real estate, businesses, whatever it may be, and show you how to save some money on taxes during inheritance just by how accounts are titled. So check it out. It's going to be Wednesday, September 14th from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, and then again from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern as well. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on Education and Events. Go ahead and sign up right there. It's very easy. Just click a button and you're in. Uh, There's no cost for it. And we're going to have 
We're going to have lots of people from all over the country on this. We want to main, ma make sure that you're getting the right educational information. So tell your friends about it. Happy to have you there. So uh, I see we got to uh, take a break here. Let's keep those phone lines open. Give us a ring this morning at any of your financial planning or investment questions at all. 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401k plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's welcome Sonia on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Sonia. How are you today? Good morning. Fine. Thank you. How can I help you? Oh, my question was, um, I'm 65 years old, and I brought home a home before and sold it, and I want to know if it's a good investment for me to buy another home. Well, Sonia, you know, real estate is definitely an asset class, and it just depends on what your time frame is and, and what price you get on that on that home. You know, prices are very high right now as far as real estate goes, and the question becomes this. How long are they going to keep climbing? If you bought a new home today and you're using it not for shelter, not for a place to raise your family or to be with kids or grandkids or whatever the case may be, but if you're looking at it for an investment standpoint, then you have to ask the question, are you willing to pay these prices today and how long are prices going to continue to climb before you can sell this property again? Because remember, you've got cost buying it and cost selling it. You've got to net all that out. So from the standpoint right. of buying a new home today, as compared to what else you're doing with your other investments, you know, I'd sit down and take a look at it, uh, you know, from, from, from the standpoint of maybe it's not the best time to buy it and, and, and flip it around right now. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. It's 855-767-3123. So welcome, Rich, on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you uh, for taking the call. Sure. How can I help you, sir? Um, 
my uh, daughter and her significant other are in their 30s. They're planning on getting married and uh, purchasing a house uh, here very shortly. And one of the questions um, we have been discussing is the efficacy of some kind of life insurance um, to help protect each other. And we were in some discussion about um, term versus whole life versus variable life. And uh, we were looking for some guidance as to what kind of product uh, to purchase under those circumstances. Sure. Uh, first of all, it's a good conversation to have. And yes, they should have life insurance. Okay. Uh, the amounts are to be determined, right? Um, the based off of their financial needs, based off of the amount of debt that, that they're going to have with the home, based off percentage of income they have, based off of if they want to have kids one day down the road. There's a whole little formula of a checklist that I can go through with you that, that will, will set up the approximate amounts that they should have. The next question becomes what type, term or permanent? And on the permanent side, there's a handful of products that you mentioned, variable life, uh, index life, you know, whole life, universal life, all those types of things. And the <clears throat> cash value crediting to those policies are all based off of different things. The variable life policies, they give you know, a market-based solution. They have sub-accounts that act like mutual funds in them, and they can grow your cash value substantially or not, depending on what's selected and what type of, uh, and what's going on in the marketplace, right? Then you have to take a look at a guaranteed policy where you might get a small amount of cash value in it, but the policy is guaranteed, never to lapse. You never have to worry about it. Whereas a lot of your cash value sensitive policies, universal life, index universal lives, variable lives, uh, you know, those types of policies, the guarantee of the death benefit sometimes is dependent upon how much cash value is in that policy. And remember, as, as someone ages, the internal cost of the insurance goes up every single year. So you could have a policy that's performing phenomenally well in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, only to get to your 70s and your 80s, and all of a sudden it's not doing so well, and you may have to start putting more money into it. So you need to take a look at sort of a, a scenario here of taking care of their income protection needs today, and that might be with term insurance depending on what, how much their income can afford. But remember, term insurance, you can always convert it into any one of those types of policies. So it's important to shop for the insurance company to make sure that they have the right term conversion into universal or whole life or whatever it may be for you down the road. And then there's what we would call, a, you know, like a term perm blend also, Rich, where maybe they get a portion of it cash value today, which will stay with them forever, and a portion of it term insurance. So really, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a fun case to do some case design on, sit down, take a look at their needs, their cash flow, um, their debts, and all that kind of stuff, and then look at the different types of policies. But when it comes to your permanent insurance policies, um, we do a lot of shopping with a lot of different companies based off a lot of those factors that I just talked about. So make sure you get educated on this stuff, okay? If you want, we'll be happy to send you out some different types of, of programs that, that can give you some food for thought on all of that. 
Okay. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, this is uh, this has been very helpful. Uh, I, I very much appreciate uh, the feedback, and um, absolutely, I, I think well, it will be he- helpful to. No, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but my uh, my um, I know. Uh, my, my kids will be glad to know that you think it's valuable to have this life insurance and it's a matter of picking through some of these options. Exactly. That's exactly correct. And so I'll tell you what, let me put you on hold and Bob will get some of your contact information. We'll have someone reach out to you next week and sort of go through the insurance scenario and give you some ideas and stuff like that that's more pertinent to their situation, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Leslie on the line. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? Good morning. Fine. yourself? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay. I wanted to see if you were able to explain the um, W-4 form. It seems like some people are not able to explain that form. I mean, I went through it. I read it. I did the instructions as far as, you know, trying to calculate what you want withheld. But it does not say anything about the exemptions. I know they changed that. That's about what they could tell me is that the exemption part of it was changed. But I'm just wondering how does, when they take the tax out, how do they know to still take it out based on those exemptions? Well, you just put the exemptions down on your form, and then it goes when whoever's doing your payroll sees how many exemptions you're claiming on the W-4 form, and they have a little chart. That's how much they take out or don't take out. So I I had had it in there like years ago. I didn't change anything. But the one thing I did notice when I did – I did. I changed my federal holdings to um, just. I didn't have to do that much. Just like ten dollars more, and and they took out two hundred dollars instead of ten dollars. And I did the same thing for state. State came out fine. Federal. Well, there must have been a mistake made. You need to contact your HR department on that. Okay, there must have been some sort of mistake. Oh, so that was a mistake. Yeah, there must have been a mistake. You know. you can always contact them and, and, and change your exemptions around. So give your HR department a phone call, and they can explain to you how they go about doing it. That's really the best answer oh. as far as that oh, goes. Oh, okay. So, yep. All right. Okay, Appreciate the phone that. call. Absolutely. You have a okay, great weekend. You. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's bring Mary on the line from Pennsylvania. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Great. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Okay, um, my question is, um, me and my husband have achieved um, owning a few properties, paying off our mortgage. We own a uh, plumbing, heating, air business, and we are now financially free, and we do have a lump sum of cash. And my question is, like, we don't even know where to begin to start having that money make money for us. You know, that's my biggest concern. We have this fear that, you know, someone is going to, you know, if we try to invest, someone's going to steal for our We don't know where to go with it. We just know that, you know, we're still working hard, but everything's just sitting in a savings account besides the properties that we own. So, so here's the deal, Mary, on this, uh, and that's a great question. First of all, you've got money sitting in the bank safe and secure from loss, 
I want you to end up at the end of the story. I want you to still have money sitting in the bank, safe and secure. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the money that's sitting in bank accounts today is not keeping pace with taxes and inflation long-term. So you need to have Mm -hmm. three to six months worth of living expenses sitting in the bank. Okay. That's what Mm -hmm. you need to have. Right. Mm -hmm. Then we need to take a look at your goals. What are your goals? We just don't want to invest this money haphazardly no matter how big or little it is. We just don't want to start throwing it into the stock market willy-nilly with no game plan in place. We need to sit down and talk about what your goals are, what your time frame is, what your tax situation is. I need to show you charts that explains to you risk. You know, how much risk do you want to have? I, I've seen people many times, uh, Mary, they'll say, yeah, I want to be a risky investor, you know, and they start and they say, yeah, I'm, I, I got a lot of risk and blah, blah, blah. And I look at their accounts and I go, there's not a lot of risk in here. Remember, I'm familiar with the entire spectrum from conservative right. to very risky, right? And so I need right. to teach you and your husband that so that you understand and then show you models on different risk levels on what would happen so that you're comfortable because when you put money into the markets, it does go up and down, right? Okay. Right. And and that's the idea is the longer I mean, view. I'm watching. I'm watching the markets. I know a little bit, <clears throat> but not not enough. And we're at the age where, we, you know, we don't want to take a risk. We want to make sure we can retire comfortably and be taken care of. So we're and not. You know, the, we're not in making big risks. <laughs> right, and that's the next stage of this conversation. You hit the nail right on the head, which is basically. Okay, we need to back into what does your retirement look like? When do you want to retire? What are your estimated Mm -hmm. expenses for retirement? What are the Mm -hmm. opportunities for income that's going to be coming in? Maybe Social Security. doesn't sound like you have a pension, but two Social Securities, right? So we take a look at Mm -hmm. Social Security coming in, and we take a look at Mm -hmm. your estimated monthly expenses. And that's when we can say, okay, this is the next step, which is this is going to design the investments. Because if the financial plan basically says, hey, look, you need to earn 5% in order to accomplish your goals, then why do you want to take the risk of trying to earn 10? Because if the market moves against you, you could actually lose some of those dollars, right? So you want to take a look at backing in what your income needs are and make sure those income is coming from reliable, tax-efficient sources. So, so it's something we do all the time. It'll start with our financial planning toolkit. I'll be happy to have somebody reach out to you next week and, and sort of get, break it down a little bit more, and we can start showing you some, some ideas and educating you and your husband on what's the best course for you all to do this, okay? That would be love. That would be wonderful. Um, we have some rental income coming in as well, so yeah, absolutely. If we yeah, so you've got sources already. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. sources already. You've got social security, rental income. You've got a lot of passive income coming in, which is wonderful news. That takes the mm-hmm. pressure off of investment returns as well, right? Uh, right. That it, I totally it, makes sense to me. Yep. Yep. So you think about it in in in, in a. In a very simple way, let's say your your income needs are are, are five thousand a month, okay, and you have three thousand a month coming in, and now you have a pile of money sitting in the bank. We need to we need to fill that gap, right? And Wonderful. that's the way yep. that's the way we need to take a look at it. Mary, I tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold. Bob will get get your contact information from you in just a moment. We'll have mm-hmm. someone reach out to you next week, set up a time, mm-hmm. and then we'll start giving you some education on all this, okay? 
That would be wonderful. Thank you, Larry, so much. You have Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Mark on the line from South Carolina. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Well, I have a possible, I think they're called viatical settlement, uh, selling a, a an old term policy that's coming up for annual renewal. And uh, I just wanted to know if this goes through and, and this company buys my life insurance policy for any amount of money, <clears throat> are those proceeds tax- taxable? That is a good question because the death benefit proceeds from term life insurance are completely tax-free, but you're actually selling an asset that you own. So I believe that there's going to be some taxes over your cost basis of what you put into it for the years. But, you know, that's uh, that's really a CPA question because the people buying the policy are going to receive the money tax-free should something happen to you, but you're just selling an asset. So I, I do believe that it's going to be taxable over your cost basis that you put in. Now, if it was a whole life, I know that you would have to pay taxes on anything that's exceeding the cash values inside of it. But there are no cash values in permanent insurance. I mean, in term insurance, excuse me. So I would say it would have to go to your cost basis. I put quite a bit of premium in, so it may be taxed on the amount above the premium I've put in? That would be my guess. You know, I mean, I, I don't do taxes, so and I'm not trying to give tax advice. I'd recommend talking to a tax preparer to ask that question. But what's the length of your term policy? It's a 20-year term. It's convertible to the very end. Well, that's very interesting to me that they would be considered buying it um, at this particular stage. Well, I, I, think that, I think the way it works is uh, they have you convert it, so yeah. they know their premium won't change. But the problem is you really have to be at end of life. I mean, I'm not really in their demographics. I've got serious health problems, but I'm not 70 or 80. You know, I'm in my mid-50s. But I just wondered because they still may make a 10% offer, which would be you know, substantial. It's a, it's a fairly large policy. Well, then, then I would talk to your tax preparer, and I would also talk to them, too. They know these tax rules on that, okay? okay? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Good luck with that, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. We've got to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with more of your call. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the (laughs) same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time 
On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Let's go welcome uh, Aisha online from Maryland. Good morning, Aisha. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help you? Yes, please. Okay, so my question is um, around retirement funds and paying for college. So um, my husband and I, we have three girls, and um, our friends will be going off to college in two years. My question is, we've put the money into our five in 529 funds for each of them, but we know it won't be sufficient to cover their college expenses. And part of my planning or theory is, that we'd be able to use once we retire, perhaps use the money from our retirement. Um, let's say they took out a uh, you know financial aid and they have a loan. We'd be able to pay it from our retirement funds later on. Um, is that a realistic approach, or what? What are your thoughts on that? To take the money, take money out of your retirement plan, or have them take a loan and then later take it out of retirement? Yes. So I have actually seen that before. And the way the math works on this, Aisha, is that it just gives you another four or five years before you have to pay, start paying on that loan. It gives you more of a runway, more of a time frame for your assets mm-hmm. to grow larger. That's what it does, okay? Um, and then also, there's a, there, I've seen people also utilize Roth IRAs to do that too. Now, the timing has to work out on that as far as age 59 and a half um, to mm-hmm. pay off the college numbers. But that's an interesting thing. If, if, if you're looking at doing that, I would compare that. You know, we'd have to spreadsheet that out, compare that okay. <clears throat> versus just simply paying for the 529 plan now. You can also look at, at doing some prepaid as well. How old is your, 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 uh, your daughter again? Um, so my oldest is 16. And I have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 10-year-old. On the 10-year-old, we may want to take a look at at allocating some funds towards prepaid if your state allows a prepaid tuition program, okay? We'd have to find find out where you're at and if it it does or not. But it's an interesting way that you're, you're taking a look at it. Another source would also be home equity, too, instead of your retirement dollars, all right? Yeah. So there's a few different ways to go about paying for college in addition to the 529 plans. If you like, I'd be happy to have someone uh, reach out to you and show you these these different ways. We've done a lot of this uh, college programming over the years for many, many uh, people, as, as, as I guess you could imagine. But we'd be happy to share yeah. that information with you. Okay, that would be great. I think I spoke with one person in your office, so um, it's probably, I'm probably due to really have a, real, a, a more detailed conversation. But, yeah, I'm just thinking that might be an option for us because um, we've saved a good bit of money in our retirement already, and we have about 20 more years, and I'm thinking maybe we can leverage it differently. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, it doesn't hurt to take a look at the different scenarios and include the 529 in the conversation as well. 
Definitely. Let me put you on hold, and we'll have someone reach out to you, and we'll take a look at all the different scenarios for you, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Charlie on the line from Alabama. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? Doing good. Hey, my question for you today is, is uh, I was forced into retirement, worked for the power company, and due to regulations, our power plant closed down. I'm 63, and I was looking at taking an annuity, and instead of an annuity, I took a lump sum. My annuity was around, they was going to give me around 3300 a month for the rest of my life. But taking lump sum, you know, was over a little over a million dollars, and I decided to invest it and stuff like that. The question is, when you invest your money with these financial brokers and stuff like that, they always want to know you want to go moderate, you know, a little aggressive, semi-aggressive. You know, how do you decide on that? I heard you make the statement earlier that, you know, you just want to make enough to, you know, you need 5%. You just need to make 5%. How do you go about you know, making that decision? Charlie, we sort, of had a, we sort of have a way of walking clients through how to figure out your risk assessment. So um, we, we take a look at, at, at um, what the sources of income are going to come from, you know, investments, dividends, things like that. For, for example, Let's suppose that, okay, so on a million dollars, if you wanted to match that 36000 a year that the annuity would give you, so you need to pull out about 3.6%, right? That's 36000 a year. So let's call it 4%. Right. So, so that's probably not too hard to obtain. There's no guarantees, obviously. But think about this for a second. If you were to take a million dollars and put it into one investment that paid a 4% dividend to you every year, if that investment went to $1.1 million, you'd be happy, plus you're still getting the 40000 a year of income you need, right? What happens if that investment goes from $1 million to, let's say, $900,000? you are still going to be getting that $40,000 of income that you need each year. That's the first thing that we have to ask is what's more important for you, to have your account balances grow or for you to have the income delivered to you that you want. And a lot of times it's a combination of both. Makes sense? They say, well, hey, I want a little bit of growth, but I also need that check in my mailbox each month in order to pay my bills and live comfortably. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how, that's how we go about doing it. We'll show you different investments that will work on both ends of that spectrum and then show you how to blend them together. And then we'll show you how they move up and down based off of the risk. And then we'll ask you all the same questions that everybody else asks as far as risk tolerance goes to make sure that we're, we're following, you know, what the, the guides and things like that. But then at the, at the end of the day, we'll take a look at what your beta is. Your beta measures your market volatility. In other words, the market, let's say the S&P 500 has a beta rating of 1.00. We blend all this together for you to deliver the income at the 4% rate in this example that you may need. And let's suppose your beta ends up being, let's say, 0.81. Well, that means you're 19% less risky than the stock market that you see on TV every day. Then we take a look at what the blending mixtures look like on your standard deviation which is another measurement that measures the volatility, the swings. You know, if, if your account goes up 20% one year, down 20% one year, right, how much does this blend mix? 
and maybe it only goes up seven and down seven. So you have a lot less volatility. So there's, there's, there's the alpha, there's standard deviation, the sharp, there, the beta, there's, there's, a, there's a handful of different things that when you say, okay, I'm going to put, you know, my investments, I'm going to break them up into 10 different positions, as an example, and position one, two, three, and four are going to have, you know, 20% in them, and the other 6% are going to have the balance, or maybe you end up with 10% in each one. When you start looking at the different investments and what their goals and objectives are, then you can start tilting different percentages one way or the other to get your volatility level to where you want it to be, your risk level to where you want it to be, and then drive home that income that you want, that you desire, and then look at the growth uh, from that standpoint. So we kind of step you through that exercise from that standpoint. I mean, I threw a lot at you there, but, but we can really drill that down and give you visuals and show you that because it's really important to, to, to do that and understand that. Yeah. Are you, yeah. you know, are you make, did you make the right decision to go with a lump sum or did you make the you know, wrong decision and maybe go with an annuity? I would probably say that you made the right decision because at, at, at retiring at such a young age, you've got 20 plus years for this money to grow. If you had taken an annuity, a, a payment, then over those 20 plus years in retirement, you're going to lose to inflation. As inflation continues to rise and taxes go up, that payment gets smaller and smaller in your, view, in your rear view mirror as you have more and more birthdays. So by putting it as a market-based solution, not only can you derive the same income, but it's also going to enable you to, to, to grow capital appreciation, to, to grow more wealth as asset prices continue to rise over the next 20 years. Yep. Hey, I appreciate it. Sure. If you want, I'll be happy to have Bob uh, put you on hold and, and get your contact information. Then I can give you a ring next week or somebody from our office can and sort of give you a breakdown and give you an analysis of what you're currently doing versus maybe if, if there's some other solutions to you. I'll go ahead and put you on hold. Okay. Pre- yep. Appreciate the phone call, Charlie. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. All right. Let's go to Alfred. Good morning, Alfred. How are you? Hello, Larry. It's Alfred. Yeah, I got a question about Social Security. I am 68 and a half, and I'm still working. And I plan to withdraw Social Security when I was 70. That means next year. Uh, my thought my is, since I'm working, so if I withdraw Social Security next year, so my income will be higher, so I have to pay more taxes. Should I wait? not to withdraw Social Security until I retire so that my monthly payment should be higher. Is this the right thing to do? Well, (laughs) um, there's a break-even point several years down the road on this, Alfred, okay? Uh And the the math behind this is simply what would your Social Security check be today versus what would it be – you know, 18 months from now, whatever it is, a year and a half from now, uh-huh. right? There's probably not that big of a difference at this particular point, but there is a difference. And then you say, well, if I took it today, yes, I'm going to pay tax on it, but if I don't need it, and then I would invest it versus waiting till I'm 70, what's that break-even age? And and from 68 to 70, your break-even age is probably going to be around 74, 75. Okay, so 
Are you using any of your own savings and investments to live right now, or are you simply living off of your current income? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm using my current income, yeah. Okay, so that's an argument for you not to have to take Social Security because you're not using your own assets to supplement your needs, right? That's so, so before I tell you if it's the right thing to do or not, I have to figure out what your break-even point is which is that formula that I just told you. So I need to get those numbers and I can crunch them and then I'd be able to tell you the, the, the right answer from that standpoint. But it's not going to be a substantial greater amount of money between 68 and a half and age 70. Um, you know, do you know those numbers? No, I'm talking about 70 up, not 68. Right now I'm not planning to take any Social Security until next year. Correct. And I get a statement from uh, IRS that says at 70, my monthly Social Security will be $3,700. Okay. So if I don't withdraw at the age of 70, say if I withdraw with 72, should I? Should this number be higher? Because no, it caps out. It's, it caps out at 70. It will not grow any more after age 70. Oh, I would okay. encourage you to take it at age 70. Absolutely. Okay. Don't so even wait. Though, even though my income is higher, because I know that calculation is based on past 30 years, because my first few years is very low income, but now I have higher income. So Yes, that, I mean, that, that'll, that'll help the formula a little bit, but it, Social Security will cap out at age 70. You can't, if you take it at 71, you're going to get the same thing you got at 70. Might as well take it to 70. Even though my incomes are higher at that time, Has right? nothing to do with it, yep. Oh, okay. So that means the next year I should apply for Social Security plus my current income and then pay tax on it. Yes, that's that's the game. <laughs> All right. And what happened? By the 72, I need to withdraw the, R, or the RMD from my IOA? Correct. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you very much, for Larry, for your info. You're welcome. I appreciate the phone call. Well, hey, thanks for listening to the show today. Again, you can catch us next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense, every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern on WAVA in the D.C. Baltimore area, as well as uh, nationwide on Sirius XM Family Talk, Channel 131. Don't forget to check out our webinar coming up Wednesday, September 14th. From We have two times. It's the same material from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern and then from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern as well. Go to my website, Rosenthal Wealth Management, or Larry rosenthal.com click on the events and, and uh, education calendar right there and uh, you can just go ahead and sign up there's no cost for it and again we're going to be doing a, a current economic and market update breakdown as well as the basics in estate planning so uh, there's no charge for it we're going to have people from all over the country on there people will and, and 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 again in this webinar you will have the opportunity to ask live questions uh, or type your questions across the screen, and we'll be happy to answer them for you. So if you want to go ahead and register, go check it out, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for the, uh, the seminar uh, website, a uh, little tab right there, and we'll hope to see you there on September 14th. So for Chris McKay and Bob in the back there, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.
We tried. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.